I'm Claire Edwards, and you're listening to Authentic Leadership, a series of conversations, insights, and inspirations with leaders who are real, raw, and authentic. Today, I bring you a conversation filled with insight and a good dose of humour with Kim Taylor of Ultimate Communicator. From the get-go, Kim epitomises raw authenticity by sharing her leadership lessons from a personally very challenging time. And our conversation sort of weaves from assertiveness to empathy, which is the main topic of our conversation, but also to owning how we communicate and who we are as communicators in the world. Enjoy. Kim Taylor is a fellow professional speaker and coach. And our journey of speaking goes way back to Toastmasters many years ago. Kim has chosen a career of helping people to speak, but in a very special way, to speak for themselves and from their whole heart. And with authenticity, or I think she really means raw authenticity, um, (laughs) and, and owning their unique communication style. And our topic of conversation today is one that goes hand in hand with speaking from the whole heart, and that's empathy. We'll be exploring how we lead ourselves and others with empathy as a foundation, and how we can develop empathy as a leadership and communication practice. So Kim, welcome to Authentic Leadership. Thank you, Claire. I'm excited. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to our conversation ahead. Now, I know I know that your business background was in running um, a thriving commercial nursery business, and that, I mean, you know, plants, not not little people. Um, what was it about that led you from this career to one of helping people? I think become exceptional communicators. I've you know, I've seen I've seen what you do, and I've seen the results that you get, and also to speak authentically. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's the first thing that comes to mind because I I love this question is that it starts it started with me. I needed to change things about myself, or explore and uncover things that were were influencing this. So if I go back to the earliest recollection of that. Mm-hmm. Influence would be when I was a little girl, and and I had this. Um, have you ever heard of that that quote uh, by Mark Twain? Better to stay quiet and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Oh yes, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Yep. And yeah, and and that's that was how I started. Was feeling that I could not speak up. I mm. was about getting approved of. I was the good girl and so I would be like a little girl, like a little puppy dog to please. Yeah. And, 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 but I also knew that it wasn't right within me. Even that knowledge as a little girl, I thought this is something, why am I doing this? Why do I feel I need to do this? So I was even as young as four, five, six, there were little questions in my mind in my own way asking. And I used to feel that more than, more than ask them. Yeah. And and so that was that was a big driver, and it was it wasn't until we I married my wonderful Chris, uh, he's a horticulturalist, mm-hmm. and and we he was running a um, he'd started and and was running a, a this commercial nursery that you referred to before, 
and and I got involved with that and we were running it together doing an amazing job and I think I I lose track of time (laughs) but it's like I think it was about five years or maybe 10 years I, I forget now but it doesn't matter the point was that he got cancer and he was out of commission for six months yeah and and so essentially I was needing to go you know, it, it was really scary. And, and this, this might sound a little bit woo-woo, but I actually went to see a, I was very drawn to see a psychic. Mm-hmm. And because I was just looking for answers, I was beside myself in a yeah. lot of ways. It, I was in unknown territory. And yet I'd been involved in the nursery for a long time, but, you know, it was the focus on me. I'm yeah. a good girl. I do as I'm told. I want to be approved of. And now I've got this team of 10 that I'm essentially looking after wow. and uh, or thinking I needed to <laughs> and lead and lead the business. So what happened was Chris is out of commission and there was, um, you know, there was some, because of the leadership changing at the top, and I think this is a really important point in relation to our conversation because when that leadership shifted and and they saw Chris as being the kingpin because he was the the main person in yeah. that regard. Uh, the dynamics changed and shifted, and then that became behavioural shift within the team. And 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 mostly it was great. You know, the team fabulous. I loved loved working with them. Loved having them. And there were one or two. There was a personality clash. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having this um, this thing that I needed to, it was either going to get out of hand or I needed to nip it in the bud and sort it out. And have the difficult conversation. And have the difficult conversation. And and that was where I had, I found my voice to speak up and, and to really uh, step into my power and and be able to speak from my whole heart to be able to communicate what I needed as well as be able to listen to what was happening for them as well. That's what I essentially deep down knew I needed to do. And, um, yeah, I was able to fix it because by coming to them and and going to them and saying, okay, we need to talk about this, speaking my truth about my priority is Chris. He's six months out of commission and essentially if you two cannot work this out and I'm here to support you, if you two cannot work this out, I will close the nursery down. Mm. And they knew I meant it. Mm. They really knew I meant it. And and I think, and just coming back to your question, this is, it was those situations which kind of pushed me into I need to step up right now that helped me to realize there's something about this communication and leadership and how we lead ourselves yeah. that it, it's, it fascinated me. At the same time, I was growing as well. So <laughs> it, was, it was like this, this, whoa, what is this thing? You know, there's something really drawing me here. Mm, yeah. Wow. And good for you for taking on those challenges. And it's interesting as I was listening to you, recount that and saying you know that 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 Chris is my priority and I you know what I hear I hear you speaking um, assertively and I think sometimes when we, we misunderstand the concept and the essence of empathy that empathy isn't always just stepping into the other person's shoes and uh, and doing whatever whatever they want. Empathy is also 
being deeply true to yourself. So I'd just like to explore that a little more and 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 ask you about what's what's your understanding, what's your definition of empathy and how did you find that in 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 that moment when you had to step up in leadership? Yeah, I don't think I've thought about that before. It's my my definition of empathy, yes, I definitely have thought about that part, but it was how did I, was I thinking about that at the time? It's, yeah, the, my definition is, is and I love this quote. What is that quote again? I'm just trying to recall. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, and, and she says that leadership is about empathy. Uh, something about I have the, it's having the ability to be able to relate and connect with people uh, for the intention or the purpose of inspiring and empowering their lives. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. I really do. It's it's a quote that it speaks because when we can actually genuinely be interested in what the other person is saying, mm-hmm. holding that space to connect with them and appreciate that they have something to say, we're curious where we're we're wanting to like inquire and we have the the compassion and to to actually and the interest to actually listen to that that to me is is what that leadership and empathy is about and I think that's coming back to your question because I said I hadn't thought about it that's what I was doing in that situation with with the um, with the team was that I needed to hear where they were at yeah and help and 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 acknowledge actually that's the thing i think it's that's that acknowledgement of i get that this is happening for you we've got our you know things have gone topsy turvy here however we need to work together i'm listening at the same time i have these things this is this criteria also needs to be met for the yeah. business so it's not about you it's not about me it's about working together and these are also criteria and priorities we need to consider yeah be aware of yeah yeah thank you and it's interesting if I'm looking back at the last few conversations for the podcast and and the conversations to come now I'll hands up it may well be my own um my own bias that's coming into play here but I really want to explore 21st century leadership skills and time and again, it's like when when you decide something, when we decided that the topic was going to be empathy, it started popping up everywhere on, on your radar. <laughs> yes. Um, or my radar, certainly. Mm. And and so I think I, I want to just may, maybe get your opinion on if it's it's such a critical skill, it's such a critical leadership practice, and it's such a critical communication skill. Why do you think it might still be perceived as as uh, soft and fluffy, for want to for want of a better words? Be- how has it got that label? And I'm you might not know, but I'm just asking for your opinion. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't got a, a complete answer on it. What my my thoughts are from from the people you know the clients that I've worked with and the, and watching because I I love to watch the way people 
are their their behavior and not to stalk them but just to I'm <laughs> curious about how they you know how they you know what their body's saying and what their words are saying or what what they're not saying so I'm I'm watching people and and I think it's considered a soft skill because we've got this we've essentially this it's like perhaps it's evidence-based the soft and fluffy skill isn't something that can be one-on-one equals two yeah yeah we can see shift and change but when we've got a hardcore leadership skill or or strategy we can see that one-on-one equals two yeah so I think it's the it's being able to equate it to something do you also think and it's be curious to ask you too is like do you think also that we've we've we need to show up in the world in a certain way we need to be perhaps the one uh, if we're not recognizing it as a good skill or or we're recognizing the soft and fluffy skill it's more of a um is it because of our culture saying we need to impress or it's driven by what people are thinking and judgment of others that that would be something I would be yeah question that's the first time I've been asked a question on a podcast (laughs) you are are such a brilliant coach um I I think the world is waking and I'll I'll give a I'll give a short answer I think Mm. the world is waking up Kim I think that um that the face of leadership is changing so if we look back to the industrial era when you know, people were cogs in a machine. They weren't even treated as people. And then they got promoted to human resources. Think about this. They're, 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 people. Yes. they're people. And yeah. now we have, I think, in my opinion, the gift that millennials and, and Gen Zs are bringing us is mm. that that wholehearted way of doing business. They want to be seen, to be valued, to be appreciated. Their yeah. well-being is at the mm. forefront of everything. So I think that leaders today, if, if, if leaders hold on to their to old traditional practices or hold on to the status quo and don't wake up to the skills of um, uh, compassion, empathy, gratitude um all of those what used to be uh, i think i think we can bin the term soft and fluffy now then they will not bring their people with them and if they don't bring their mm. people with them they lose engagement they lose productivity they lose profit they lose performance um so i think it's it, it's a time of awakening so thank you for asking me that question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't interview coaches <laughs> no, I love it I absolutely love it I love it thank you that, oh, is, not, great. that is not going to be edited out <laughs> no you've you've absolutely hit the nail on the head with your answer though because that's that's exactly right it's it's a core truth now and the evidence is coming through so I love your answer <laughs> it, 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 so, so back to you so funny <laughs> Oh, that's right. It's about me today. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so what what I want to know more about is, and, and I'm being very opinionated here, but I know it's, it is, I am being, I'm also being authentic. You know, I've seen some politicians stand up and speak and I, I'm like you as a coach, we need to be uh, super interested and curious about human behavior. 
And when I see uh, an incongruence between the words that they're saying and their body language, it makes me cringe. Mm. And I know that I've, and I've tweeted it before when I've seen uh, a certain politician speak and I'm very unkind and I use the word empathy bypass. You know, as someone who I see in you is devoting their career and pretty much their life to helping people develop their communication skills. Mm. Can empathy really be learned rather than talk and learn? Can people learn to develop their empathy skills? Yes, that that is a definite yes. Uh, when you know the the teams that I've worked with, clients that I've worked with, they can come in with a, like a certain way, and then when the awareness comes, they're like, "Oh, that's the difference," and they start applying and then applying it in their in their situations in their life, personally and professionally. They start to see the shift. So yes, it can. Mm. And but truly, what it needs to come back to is we need to want to change. Yeah, that is a key thing. We need to be interested in doing something about that. Have something that's a disconnect. For example, one conversation I just had um, just last week with um, with this amazing woman who's who's in corporate. And she was saying she's feeling this disconnect when she's speaking with her team um, and, and, and in her board meetings and in the and she's getting feedback that she's not empathic enough. Mm. Really interesting. So she's going like, what's going on? And we, after our conversation, she's starting to see like, oh, I'm, it's about taking that genuine interest in them. She was interested, but it was more about her agenda but when she took that really deep interest in them, inquiry, compassion, and started to realize there were some key things here. Yes, we can, because it starts with that. And I also think the, the, the statistics are actually supporting this too. And I think that's the evidence. Empathy is, you know, when the leaders, what the, the studies that have been like Qualtrics, I think was one, one study that's, that's been done just recently, saying, you know, the, the increase in stress, the, the increase in, in anxiety, emotionally emotional exhaustion in these uncertain times, in our, our current day, it's on the rise. And yeah. what they're showing now is that the, when that empathy is present, when the empathy is coming from that leader, they're feeling that, they're getting that from their leader and the leaders are practicing it, their team is is sleeping better. They're more productive. They're innovative. They're, they're so they're able to get their work done, and they're happier, which has also got that flow on effect into their personal lives as well. And uh, and the studies are saying that at least eighty six percent people are really appreciating that empathy in their leader that they feel listened to. And it's contagious wow. because it's that roll-on effect of like positive empathy creates more positive empathy. Wow. So. so what what is it that these leaders are doing or not doing or saying or not saying? What is it that's triggering or facilitating these improvements in behavior and practice for their people? 
The trick is coming because there, and this is this is from my own experience of of you know what I'm noticing and the conversations I'm having, is that they're noticing that there's a disconnect. Yeah, and they're not reaching people. It's like it's not working anymore. Or so they have to be self-aware first. Self-aware first. Yeah. yeah okay. Something. Yeah. That that does need to start with with being genuinely. I, I think there's there are three key things. You've genuinely got to be caring about that. You've got to want it. Yeah. You've got to be aware of it that something's not working, and and then and then it's that's and I think that's also. Uh, we've got to understand ourselves first. So mm. I think those are the, those are the key things. It's a self-acceptance like of, of who we are, but then it's like this internal, like something's not quite right inquiry. And that to me, when they're open, when they start to inquire about that, something's there's a disconnect and why is that? And they start, then, then the answers start to come through around, okay, I need to do something different. It starts there. That's what I, I don't know if I've answered the question, but. Uh, yeah, I can just, there. and I can imagine you, you know, getting, when you, when you get a new client who has that awareness that it's such an exciting opportunity for you to open up that world to them mm. about the difference that empathy can make. Yes. Well, it's the contrast, you know, what's working. What's that, what's that wonderful tool in uh, neuro-linguistic programming, the tote. No, yeah. what's what's happening currently? How do you want it to be? And and then testing that, testing that, and then okay, oh, there's the gap. There's the difference. Well, what could we do differently? And it's when we can open up that possibility of where those gaps are, of what they're doing now, and what they could be, or what's worked in the past, and then put it into practice. Mm. Wow, that's that's where they get yeah. the awareness. But the it's it's like I also think it's also about. Uh, for us to create the shift it's for ourselves it's like having your wonderful podcast having these conversations is bringing that awareness it's like we're leading by example ourselves Mm -hmm. and 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 then and then it starts to create that shift and 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 awareness for others as well thank Mm. you and and just to sort of pop to the other side of the continuum um you know i'm wondering if there's such a thing as being too empathic where you're maybe taking on um the pain and challenges of your people i think you know particularly it's been so so difficult the last 18 months where everybody's working remotely and and as a leader if you're well i'm I'm, i don't know if you can be too empathic but if you were too empathic that it doesn't serve you so is is there such a thing as being too empathic I think if we don't have self-awareness, this is again what I've I have noticed. If we haven't got self-awareness, then we can go into rescue. We can go into uh, you know, trying to fix it. Mm. But yeah. when we, it's it's there's the difference is that with the you know effective empathy is about standing in our client's shoes, standing in our team's shoe, the person that we're speaking to and listening and then how best can I serve you? And then I find if I ask that question, this is how I do it, is that, okay, I'm standing in your shoes, how best can I serve you? Yeah. 
And and it's from that because it's about that walking beside. It's helping us find the answers. If I get stuck in their story, then I I just have this awareness now that that I can I cannot afford to do that. I can be compassionate, I can listen, but if I go down that spiral of the story, it's not helping anyone. Yeah. Um, so my intention always is is to walk beside them to support them, but it's a self responsibility as well for them to uncover what what we need. I'm going back to the nursery, for example, that empathy when we're, you know, as I as I really started to step up, you know, with Chris being out of action for a number of months, was that if a, if any of the team came to me with a, you know, a, a thing we've got this challenge happening, we've got this problem, um, how do we fix it? It was like, well, what are the what are, what are the solutions you've thought of as well? Mm. And so that was that self responsibility. So yes, I think we can be too empathic. At the same time, with awareness, if we ask that question, how can I serve you, then we can, yeah, we, we, it just changes the shift in mental yeah. dynamics, yeah. And it's all, it, it is also empowering people as well. Um, it, it, yes. It's not just I'm here for you, but it's, it's, as you say, it's when you balance it with that, with that accountability and that's when you get, when you get the best results. Exactly. Uh, I want to move on a little bit to um i'm i've been privy to uh, a journey that you've been on for for a while now but certainly has been concentrated over the last 12 months and that is that you've been doing a deep dive into in into communication preferences styles and and archetypes you've been doing a deep dive into communication archetypes and I, I love this because so often we, you know, so many of us have been on courses where they say, okay, well, you know, if this is what you want, if this is the result that you want to achieve, this is how you need to change. This is what you need to do, or you need to be like me, or this is, and it drives me nuts. And it's like, are we going to spend the rest of our lives studying people who are brilliant communicators and trying to be like them, you know, surely there must be a way to be an exceptional communicator and still be ourselves. And this is what I love about what you do. So I'd love you to share with our listeners. Can you take us on a, tease us, take us on a little journey or tell us as much as you want I don't know, about, about the ultimate communicator archetypes? Hey, that's beautiful. Oh, that's 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 exciting. Thank you for that. It's um, you, you're so right, though. I just want to say, acknowledge for what you're saying about the feeling like you've got to be like others. Others say this is the way to do it. No, it's about doing Facebook lives. It's about being on the big stage. In actual fact, that may not suit us. And doing what others have said and it works for them, brilliant. It may not work for you or it may not feel aligned and congruent for you so you, you're spot on I hear that so often and and that was what actually led me and especially with you know 2020 and you know with COVID and stuff what was going on there was like an opportunity to so many people I've worked with are going like I'm feeling this disconnect I'm feeling like it's not me I want to be more real I want to be more authentic in my communication at the same time I want to be able to reach them I want to be able to articulate my message 
and uh, and so this this thing of disconnect that people were feeling like their their communication wasn't working or their public speaking wasn't working led me to go oh, I wonder I wonder and you know how you see these different archetypes in in other things you see mm. personality types um, money archetypes And I thought, I wonder if there's something in communication. Why wouldn't there be some themes or some patterns in communication that could help us to identify with who we truly are, our natural style, what feels aligned for us, and it will empower us. And um, so, with the clients that I work that I worked with, the group trainings that I've that I that I do, and and all the study I, I studied, um, Carolyn Mace's work, uh, Elizabeth Puddick's work, and just looked at these patterns. There are actually eight patterns that emerged, mm-hmm. and this is what these ultimate communicator archetypes are that you said. So thank you, uh, evolved, and it's incredible. I get really excited about this because. When someone recognizes, oh, that's me. So, for example, when when you've got the inspirer, just to just as you said to tease. Oh, please, yeah, <laughs> no, do do give us some examples. That'd be great. Okay, the inspirer. I when I think of the inspirer, I think of Jacinda Ardern. Now, I'm not thinking of the politics side. Whether you agree or you don't agree with her politics is not in this conversation. What it is, it's about she exudes empathy she exudes this humbleness this quiet messenger who goes out she has connection speaks to one but in fact actually speaks to the whole world be mm. or, or the or global because she because she connects with one which then has this ripple speak to one speak to all mm. she's an inspirer look at Christchurch and the way she handled that in the different situations so she's the comes in from more of a one-on-one connection with someone that reaches so many more. Another example which would be, uh, and neither one, not one of the eight is better than the other. This is about just recognising that, hey, this is who I am, that self-acceptance of like, wow, I recognise that it's it's like a private private contract with ourselves that we <laughs> accept do you like that? I mean, I, I, it's, it's like we're so at peace with ourselves. It's like, and we own it and we go, this is who I am. And you think of Jacinda, she owns that. Yeah. And she's been criticized for being so, being too empathetic in actual fact, but that's her leadership style. That is the way she leads people. Then we think of the other, you know, another uh, archetype would be the empress or the emperor. And they're like, larger than life or or the luminary example you know they love being in the spotlight they love being all eyes on them the larger number of people they can they can reach they light up they're excited you know they're they're in their limelight they love it and and I think of of someone there would be well the first one that comes to mind is Tony Robbins Tony Robbins oh yeah 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 larger than life and just loves you know 5,000 6,000 people that's his in his authenticity of communication and reaching people and he still connects one-on-one but if he tries to be Jacinda Ardern and Jacinda Ardern tries to be him there's going to be a mismatch it's, it's not going to work <laughs> I'm just my, my brain's doing the visual and it's not working. <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> exactly. So when we can recognize that, and this is what I, I mean, they're just two or three examples I've, I've shared just briefly. When we recognize who we are and we recognize our strengths as, as leaders the, and, and our strengths in our communication, the way we do that to be, to be able to lead effectively, and we also recognize what can block us, the barriers that yeah. can come up, and then we can see, ah, this is what I could do, and we explore that, and this is where I help clients to do that, explore what that is for them so they can really, truly own it. That's exciting, seeing the results. Wow. And if I may share, because you, I, I've done the profile with you and so much made sense in retrospect from my own um, management and leadership career. And I came out as a sort of a, a battle between the campaigner and the visionary. And when I look back and reflect, I see that how much that played a part in my leadership style and that I, <laughs> I was trying to be a bit of a Pied Piper and, you know, I saw the vision. I was on a mission. Um, and, and quite often I was trying to take the people with me thinking that they saw what I could see and, and they had the same level of passion that I had. And, uh, and obviously I did, I did learn and realize that, that that wasn't the way to go. I, I'm much better to try and be a shepherd than a Pied Piper. Um, but the it was that process of um, of the of revealing, I suppose, what you know. It my communication style is reflected in my values, in why I do what I do, in so much, and it also it doesn't mean to say that I'm okay. I'm just going to own that, and I'm not going to change anything. What it did was it revealed the blind spots to me so that I wanted to change, so that I wanted to be able to adapt how I was speaking to different audiences. And I think that for me was such a key point that we're saying, yes, yes, own your communication style and find a way to, you know, do a Jacinda uh yes. to one is to all i can't remember the, exactly how the way you said it but um that certainly was such a it, it was a it was a great revelation for me so i thank you for that oh you're welcome well it was exciting doing it with you because you're i what i love about you claire is that when you like you're so open and curious and you want to know and you want to grow. And, and so it's like you take it on board and go, ah, that's it. And you start putting the pieces together and then you act on it and then you make it happen. It's like, I love that about you. So, <laughs> and it does, you, you see the results, don't you? But you've got to want to do it yeah. to begin with. And, uh, and, and because it's like the fly against the window, isn't it? You know, the biz bump, biz bump. If we don't in the flight, the window might be open right beside it. But if we keep doing the same thing, <laughs> we give ourselves a headache. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got this happening at the moment. I've got, I don't know if the microphone's picking up, but I've, I closed the windows because we were doing the podcast and I've got a fly. I've got a fly going biz bump, biz bump, biz bump. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So, okay, so this is the it, it's it's a profiling tool. Um, mm. If people are listening who want to do a profile, where do they go? 
Oh, great. Okay, fantastic. Well, it is on my website and ultimatecommunicator.com.au and there's a, I can give you the link so it can go into uh, into here if you would like it. Fabulous. And, yeah, I'll put it in the oh, show notes. Oh, beautiful. And, and they can actually do the profile to identify what their top three archetypes are and then what I'm so it only takes a, it only takes like well less than 10 minutes so normally it's about eight minutes to do and, and it's quickly just going with the best answer that feels right or you think is right for for you and this and and then when you come up you get an instant result and then what I am doing and is to offer everyone who does that is it is an obligation free and you can have a 20-minute conversation with me so that I can go into because I'll get the results of what you've done I can look at how you've answered those questions and be able to help you identify and understand more about your strengths where those challenges could be showing up and we have a conversation and then to help you see what it is where those gaps are so that you can start to to make some shifts and changes and uh, and I absolutely love doing this with people because I get excited seeing how well, first hearing the result, like you were so excited about hearing yours, mm. but also seeing how, you know, the, the ahas, the penny drops, it's like, oh, yes, of course. So I love doing that with people to be able to help them, yeah, help them see. Mm. That, that's really generous, Kim. And I know from the feedback from many of your clients, it's not just about, obviously, you know, how they communicate from a, a work-based perspective, but people are getting great results with their kids, with their partners. Yeah, um, with with friends yes. and what have you, it's it's a real sort of awakening. Um, what what a fabulous conversation! Um, I'm just thinking about how you like to be communicated to. I'll obviously put your website on the show notes as well. Would you prefer are you are you a, a Facebook, Insta, or LinkedIn aficionado? <laughs> All, all of those work well. Uh, if uh, LinkedIn is is fantastic, and uh, and yes, but all all three work very well. I'm I'm on all of those platforms. Fabulous. So it's great. You know, just to share with you, like it's. I know often um, when I'm working with someone, they say to me, just to give you an example of how you know when you know yourself so well, how different it makes it networking can be such a big thing mm-hmm. uh, when when people go into networking and sometimes you can feel that the people can feel like out of alignment with that but when you actually know your communication style and you know your natural way of communication and you can recognize who you're speaking to out of all the eight archetypes in that situation, there's another situation where it can really feel like this becomes an interesting, fun exercise to do rather than thinking, oh, I've got to go to that networking meeting tonight. And, and I just thought I'd just share just that, that how different people feel, even in yeah. networking, yeah. when, you know, the difference just plays out in so many. Oh, and, and couples, when you, you have got your partner at home, it's like often I hear, oh, you know what? 
I reckon my husband's a, I reckon my partner's a, a, a campaigner. That makes sense because I'm in fire and they're a campaigner. So it's this kind of thing. It's that awareness. So, you know, if, if um, for anyone that wants to do this, I honestly, you, you will get so much insight into who you are, but then, then what it is that you can be doing to, you know, make things happen, you know, create things differently. Wonderful. And that's going to impact, you know, wherever you are, whether you're self-employed, whether you're working with teams. Yeah, it's you showing up as a leader and in a way, you know, well, not in a way, it's true. Because we're showing that empathy in ourselves and recognizing who we are, we accept who we are, then in that space to be able to be there for others. Think of Oprah, think of the Dalai Lama, Richard Branson. They really own, they lead with empathy and they own who they are. I just felt to say that, so I hope that was okay. And think of Kim Taylor. <laughs> you do lead with empathy as well. You walk and talk, Kim, which is why, you, why you're on Authentic Leadership. Thank you so much. Um, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. I'll put all the information on the show notes. Go well, stay safe, and thank you again. Thank you so much, Claire. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor to be on your show. So fantastic. I love your work. I love what you do. So yeah, beautiful. Bye. (laughs) Bye, Claire. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And we hope that this conversation provided some food for thought. If you enjoyed the podcast, please head over to Apple Tunes or Google Podcasts and give us a positive rating and write a short review. This is the most effective way for us to get the key messages around 21st century leadership out to the community. Go well and stay safe.